0: Greetings, listeners. We have a special surprise for your earholes. holes. Tri-Pace Pod has produced an audio drama called The Mind Estate. Based in the classic horror suspense genre, it's a five-part series that builds on the insanity of one man's adventure, one episode at a time. Take a listen to episode one here, then head on over to the Mind Estate page, link in the description below, or search Mind Estate. That's mind spelled M-Y-N-D-E. Please like, subscribe, share, and review. Now sit back and enjoy the show. tri Pod presents
1: An awkward audio adaptation of Mind Estate by Caleb Nelson Chapter 1. The Monstrous
0: A distant relative approached me early one Friday morning, asking if I had heard my father had recently passed. I responded half-handedly, while deep inside I felt something a little less indifferent. I hadn't heard from my father in two decades, hadn't seen him in three. What effect could this possibly have on me or the likes of my mundane life as a manager at the copy print center? Jerry, my father's sister's son through marriage, carried on. I think you had better go see the lawyer. My mother says he left some antiquities in his will, possibly more. Still, I couldn't bring myself to care all too freely. My father had left my mother and I alone when I was hardly old enough to beg him to stay. My mother, who had died while I was in high school, never attempted to reconnect me with him, and thus, I hadn't spent much of my life pining over his absence. The time I had spent was successfully blocked out through the years of rigorous therapy and alcohol consumption. Well, has he left me something? Jerry had a strange expression. Anxiety. Jealousy. I couldn't tell. Why don't you go have a talk with the lawyer? I really wouldn't want to put my foot in my mouth. He handed me a card. On it read Dwight Jorgensen, in slightly bubbled up lettering, attorney at law specializing in wills, trusts, and inheritance. And below that, an address. Jerry continued on his way with a smile and a nod of his cap. Jorgensen's office wasn't far from my home, and I decided I would stop by after work. What's the harm, I thought. I arrived just as they seem to be closing up. I introduce myself to the secretary as she's putting on her coat. I'm Samuel Watts. I'm sorry I'm here so late, but I'm here to see Mr. Jorgensen. She paused for a moment.
1: Please have a seat over there.
0: I did as I was told, and I sat in the center of the faded fake leather sofa on the other end of the room. I watched as the secretary picked up the phone.
1: Sir, we have Mr. Watts here to see you.
0: I had a hard time discerning the mood of the receptionist. Was she frustrated that I had made her late to leave work, or was she focused on her work? The wallpaper behind her head was peeling, or was it part of the design? I didn't have too long to investigate before she spoke.
1: Mr. Jorgensen will see you now.
0: I nodded my thanks as I walked through the door. I've been very excited to meet you, Mr. Watts. Please, call me Sam. I, I just spoke to Jerry this morning. I found out about my father... Honestly, I was more than a little creeped out by his greeting. What do you mean, excited? Charmed, I mean. Please,
1: please, have a seat. Well, I have to tell you, Sam, your day is about to get a
0: whole lot more interesting. How much do you know of your father's recent activities? Next to nothing, really. It's been 20 years. Last I heard from him, he was living in 400 miles north in the country, and he called me once asking how my mother was. I can barely recall the conversation anymore.
1: Well, as you know, it seems he's passed on. I'm very sorry for your loss. Heart failure, they are saying? I have his last will and testament here, and it would seem the man has left you a sizable inheritance, nearly $12 million in assets, including an 1100
0: acre estate. I felt a pit in my stomach. I had no conceivable idea my father had this kind of fortune. Why would my father even leave me anything? This all weighed heavy on my mind, but thinking of my father dredged up all kinds of emotions that I thought I'd work my way past. Rage, longing, and despair, but mostly I felt empty. With both my parents now dead, I was truly alone. It took me several minutes to respond. Uh, Mr. Watts? Call me Sam. This must be some kind of mistake. My father was broke when he left my mother. He He never left child support, and he hasn't even mentioned leaving me a single dime in my name. Well, I don't know what to tell you, Sam. This paper certainly says otherwise. There is one problem. The will isn't complete. It was sent here via fax from the mind estate, but see for yourself. On the final page of the document, at the bottom, was the text, page 9 of 11.
1: Without the remainder of the document, we can't actually proceed with the distribution of property. Someone will need to retrieve the documents from the manor, assuming they are there to be retrieved. We can send a courier, but they wouldn't arrive till Monday.
0: Otherwise, I suppose you could go yourself. His smile was slightly unsettling or perhaps I just felt unsettled either way I thanked the man and told him I'd let him know what I decided that night when I got home to my lonely crummy apartment filled with anxiety and disbelief I felt trapped within myself with no one to tell I was overcome by an urge to lie down and calm my nerves 12 million dollars could this be for real I decided that I would take the train up to the country in the morning and find out for myself I decided that I'd rather know it was too good to be true as soon as possible. When I awoke, I called Jorgensen's office and told him that I'd be visiting the estate this weekend. It was around 11 when I bought the ticket from the teller and got on the earliest train ride to the estate in the country. I boarded the train as soon as it arrived and made my way down the aisle as it chugged back up to speed. I was seated across from a woman, who at first I couldn't tell if I was attracted to, as she was staring through her reflection out the window to the cold autumn morning. She wore a blue blouse and long dark blue skirt that shook slightly with the rocking of the train. I picked up where I had left off in the book and took the odd glance at her over the pages. After a while, she looked at me and I decided I was most assuredly attracted to her.
1: I love that book. Can I ask how far you've gotten?
0: Oh, uh, I do as well. It's one of my favorites. It's about to get really interesting.
1: Where are you going?
0: I didn't particularly like it when I was interrupted by strangers while reading, but I decided I'd allow it, being that she seemed genuinely friendly. All the way up to Hetford, I mean, what is it, Hereford?
1: No way! I'll be staying in Hereford tonight, before I head on to Washington in the morning. What brings you out to the country?
0: My, my father passed away, he lived up on mine estate, and I was going to assist with making arrangements.
1: Um, I'm sorry, uh, so sorry to hear that
0: she was noticeably more pale it's 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 really all right we've been a bit estranged since i was a child
1: still what awful news i wish something a bit more positive had brought you out of the city you certainly do seem to be handling it well
0: i watched her mouth corner to corner as her words flowed out with various emotions and intricacies of speech i talked with her for nearly the entire length of the train ride a little over four hours as the train slowed signaling we had arrived it was nearly sunset
1: You know, you'll never make it to the estate before dark. Why don't you come by my hotel? Got a double, but maybe we don't need it.
0: Clearly, she was offering to sleep with me. I weighed my options for all about two seconds, maybe three, before agreeing. You know, that's quite an offer. I might just take you up on it. After a few drinks in the simple but satisfactory hotel room, she leaned in to kiss me. We didn't do much sleeping until the sun was just barely visible on the horizon, at which point I slept more soundly than I had ever slept in my life. (gasps) My dreams were gnarled and twisted that night, though. She was gone when I awoke. I saw only a painting of an empty bowl upon a reflective surface, or I suppose it could have been an hourglass. I didn't ponder it for very long because I realized it was getting late. It was afternoon already. No wonder she was gone. After a quick shower and a shave, I stepped outside the hotel room, and the sun was blinding. I put a quarter in the nearby payphone to call a cab, for which the number was printed on the back cover of the attached phone book. Destination, please. Watts residence at the Mind Estate? We don't go up that road. I'm sorry. Wait, why not? What do you mean no one ever makes it back? What trouble, hello, hello, ma'am? Ma'am, hello? So I started walking. It was only every 10 or 15 minutes that I'd see a car pass, usually in the opposite direction. But one pickup truck came bouncing along behind me, and I know the driver saw my thumb, but almost visibly hesitated before stopping to let me in. Thank you, thank you so much. I must have another 15 miles ahead of me, and any little bit you could help me with would be so much appreciated. You headed up there to that mine place? We'll hop in. I can take you about halfway. I decided to get into the back of the truck as it seemed the most reasonable way to keep both of us from feeling uncomfortable. Through the driver's side mirror, I could see the driver had only one eye, or was he squinting? I couldn't quite tell. I tried not to stare and instead looked at the scenery. We'd be coming up on my father's land soon, soon to be my land, and it was beautiful. It seemed almost surreal, like something out of a dream. I didn't have much time to admire it, though, as I heard a change in the tinny sounds coming from the radio. I couldn't make out what the alert was, but something had the driver worried. He pulled over almost immediately and began shouting inside the cab. Oh, you have to go. Get out, go. But but sir, why? How much further, please? You gotta go. Just go. He drove off without answering my question. I despised that. I hoisted my small pack over my shoulder and started walking. I calculated that it couldn't be more than seven more miles and maybe three hours until sundown. As tired as my feet became, I still couldn't help but admire my surroundings. My father certainly had chosen a wondrous place to call home, even if it was without his family. The sun had just gone down past the tree horizon. The entire setting had become quite dim and tinged with orange. I stopped when I heard something—wind, maybe. No, no, not wind. Great bristling creatures circling me. There were two, maybe, maybe three. I lost count as they—they they closed in and weaved, weaved through the trees towards me. W- what is that? A, a, a wolf? No, no earthly creatures. No 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 Northry creature stands on its hind legs like that, with a great heaving back and shoulder muscles, and then what is that, laughter? No, no God, please no. Spare me. Even in a moment such as this, I couldn't help but feel the guilt and cowardice of an atheist begging for mercy from a god he didn't even remotely believe in. The swirling black fear crept into my vision, and I was all but unconscious. But still, I ran, and they closed in. The last thing I felt was a harsh tug and a dragging by the collar of my shirt, and above my face, a flare of light distant in darkness, clouding my vision.
1: You're mine now, boy. You're not going anywhere.
0: I awoke on a simple cot in what appeared to be a damp prison cell. The walls around me were wood, except for the cold metal bars toward my feet. I I could hear muffled muttering coming from just beyond the wall to the room.
1: There, that's a tasty for the boy for your turn for it, boy you get your chance.
0: I felt an intense, dull, nagging pain of fear coursing through my body. I knew I couldn't stay. I knew this would be my undoing. I looked around in my tiny prison, I saw bones in the corner of the room and made my way towards them, crawling silently along the ground one of the bones was splintered in two and I picked up the sharper end just in case the noise from the next room was so horrible I had to see what was happening I couldn't stay here another minute I just I just couldn't I became desperate I shook and I kicked and to my surprise the cage door sprung open
1: no you can't go in there
0: blood pumped in my ears and I didn't stay to listen to what he had to say this time I knew he was following me before it was upon me I heard a rack of sparking and horrid laughter it snapped at me back of my shirt I felt it before I had a chance to look back and still it laughed and snarled, then it was on me. I felt it, its gnarled paws and claws upon me, and my back, tearing into my shirt and flesh, and then I knew I was fighting for my life. I was rounded upon the ground and saw its face bearing down on mine, its muzzle was too flat and wide to be a wolf or any species of dog I ever seen, its, its eyes, they almost seemed human and as it snapped at me, it dove in with all of its claws. Fur ripped off into my hand, revealing pink skin not unlike my own. I reached for the weapon that had flown from my hands, grabbing it burying it deep within the creature's throat. It whimpered and crumpled upon me, blood gushing from its wound as its life emptied from its very human eyes. But, but how? How could this piece have flesh in the eyes of a man? I crawled out from underneath it. I ran. I ran like I'd never run before in my life. I knew if I'd stopped, he... he it, whatever it was, would find me. They would find me. The whole pack of them. I knew God was finally on my side when I stumbled across the path I'd been on hours ago. Had it had it been hours? Along the path I ran until my legs gave out beneath me. I slid probably a full meter across the ground and heaved giant lungs full of dust. I looked up. I rubbed the dust from my eyes and I saw a gate in the middle of the path. On it, a gold placard that read, Mind Estate. Just a few more meters, and I would be okay. I cannot rest. Not now. I climbed back to my feet and stepped through the archway.
1: You've just been embarking on a journey through the mind of Samuel Watts. Thank you for listening to Mind Estate. Please like us on Facebook and Twitter at Mind Estate. Be sure to tune in for Chapter 2, The Grizzly.
0: A special thank you to our TriPace Pod crew. Our writer, Caleb Nelson. Our actors, the amazing sound creators on freesound.org. Moby, for music courtesy of MobyGratis.com. And lastly, a thank you to Hank and Ella. Stay tuned for next month's episode of TriPace Pace Pod's Regularly Scheduled Programming. Thank you for listening, and as always, remember, you're awesome.